Hey, everybody. You know, Mark and I have over 20 years of experience as therapists and as addicts in long-term successful recovery. We know better than anyone what works and what doesn't to break out of porn and sex addiction, heal betrayal trauma, and reclaim your relationship. And we've poured all of our personal and professional recovery and healing experience into a first-of-its-kind program for addicts, spouses, and couples. We call it Dare to Connect. At least four times every week, we engage with you in real time, in the trenches, giving you the knowledge and the tools to take back your life and relationship. Whatever else you've done on your journey for healing and recovery, you've never done anything like this. You know, Mark and I, we've made all the mistakes, so you don't have to. Don't reinvent the wheel. We all know tomorrow never comes. Look, don't wait one more day to change. Claim your free two-week trial today at daretoconnectnow.com. everybody. I'm Steve Moore. And I'm Mark Castleman. We know the pain and heartbreak of porn and sex addiction. And we know the triumph of breaking completely free. Every day, we help our clients find hope and healing. Join us in the fight to take back your life, your marriage, and be stronger than ever. This is the PBSC Squared Podcast. Welcome, everybody, to the PBSE Podcast. Steve Moore and Mark Castleman here, coming at you with episode 213 today. We've got an interesting uh, interesting submission today that uh, we both feel really passionate about, actually. <laughs> it's not a, a new topic, per se, but one that we've we've definitely got a, a, I guess you could say, an old but also expanded take on. A uh, topic that's been near and dear to our hearts and something that we've been talking a- about actually quite a bit recently in our practices and in Dare to Connect. So uh, we wanted to address that. And probably the best way to introduce this is just to get right into reading the uh, submission. So I'll do that and we will uh, jump right in. So this comes from uh, from one of our listeners who said, hey, this is a partner of an addict and says, Mark and Steve, I have listened to every episode of your podcast and I wait on the edge of my seat the days in between them. It's very kind. Um, your words have helped my significant other and I so immensely. I can't thank you enough for what you're both doing. Again, thank you. We we appreciate that. I haven't heard an episode on this topic yet. Social media. I discovered my partner's quote-unquote porn use on a shared iPad after we had been living together for about a year and a half. His issue had been ha, has been surrounding or been uh, involving various social media sites, finding anything from semi-suggestive material to straight-up pornography. He agreed to stop immediately. But over the last two years, it's been discovery after discovery on my end and a string of lies, all relating to things he's been looking at online. My partner has recently agreed it's a big problem. He said he has struggled with it since eighth grade, and he is now getting into therapy, Dare to Connect, and doing what he needs to heal himself. So we're, we're happy to have you guys here in Dare to Connect, listener. Uh, love, love to have you here. But I am constantly ridiculed and told by other people online or even some friends and family that I am just too sensitive and insecure. And they ask who... Who am I to worry about what he does in private? Is the consumption of this sexually charged? And this is, I'm not going to lie. This is, I think this is the question is what really kind of, I don't want to say set Mark and I off a little bit, but kind of. Yeah, it did. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Is the consumption 
of this sexually charged material online something that we are allowed as partners to be hurt by. Mm. I find myself experiencing nearly every single PTSD symptom I've learned about. It feels like a big deal, even though people try to convince me that it's not. Mm. Wow. Yeah, those last couple of lines there are real heartbreakers. Honestly. They are. Um, yeah, that really that really hit us. And and as you and I were talking about this before we started today, Steve, it really pulled up into my mind these so-called slogans, attitudes, paradigms that I've heard all my life. Mm, uh, things mm-hmm. like, I remember a fa- an infamous one the whole time I was growing up. He can look all he wants just as long as he doesn't touch. Yeah. I, when I recently just on a, on a recent uh, sitcom that I, that I watched, I sadly heard the following phrase. She shouldn't care where I get my motor running. So long as I park in the right garage. Mm, yep. Along the same lines, right? Along the same lines. Yeah. And there's, and we, I don't even want to repeat all of the, all of the slogans and comments and stuff that we hear that fits in that category. Mm. Like it doesn't matter what I'm doing when I'm not with you. What business is it of yours? What I do in, in my own private time and in my own private mind, mm. right? There's a very big attitude about that. Now I, I, the, oh man, the first thing that came to me was, all of the things that you and I have heard from partners over all these years and how what the partners have expressed contrast to the slogans we just mentioned. Here's the kinds of things we have heard directly from partners. I want him to cherish me. Mm. I want him to be all into me, right? I see how all into all these other things and people and stuff he is. I want him to be all into me. When, when, when he's with me, I want him to be fully present. I want him to be here in mind, body, and soul. Mm. Uh, I, I want what we have to be exclusive, right? Not when, we're, not when we're just together, but especially when we're apart. Is he thinking of me when he's alone? When we are together, mm-hmm. what's he thinking about and who's he thinking of? I don't just want his body, but I want his mind and his heart. Now, mm. that is a radical contrast to the slogans we mentioned at first. So yeah. some, there's a big disconnect about what the culture's claiming and what actual partners, when we talk to them in private, are saying. Yeah. You know? No, it's, I mean, it's so true. This, I mean, this is uh, such a, it's a topic. We I know when we talked earlier, you know, before we were getting ready to do this, on the one hand, this this podcast is touching on something that we talk about frequently. But on the other hand, it, it it is also unique because, like you said before, right? We're we're tackling the the culture here, right? The cultural norm uh, that has sadly permeated too many venues and in too many ways. This idea or this notion, right? That that, like you were saying, it's uh, somehow if I, as long as I am, you know, being sexual with my partner, why would they care about any other thing that I'm doing right outside yes. that realm? Yes. Right? Why? Why? Not. Not only. Not even a question, but almost a demeaning of it. You don't have the right to question that. What's wrong with you? Right? Why would you? That's not even something that you're. You're. You don't ha- even have the the right or the capacity to be able to say. You know. Hey, I'm here. Right. I'm not sharing my genitalia. Not to be crass, but you know, with anybody else but you. So what's the problem? What's the big deal? And, See, and, and I and 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 you and I talked, and I and I in this. This could this podcast could easily be relegated to an argument about whether or not 
or to what degree social media is okay or healthy or appropriate. Yes. Now, where are the boundaries between where you have a right to say what I look at or what I participated in? What, what we do want to focus in on instead in this podcast is what is, what is real holistic human intimacy? What is connection? What is loyalty? What is fidelity? And especially for everyone listening, where do you want to be in your life and in your relationship? This is all yes. about where you want to be, not for us to split hairs and, you know, make ultimatums about what is appropriate and what is not. We've done, we've done podcasts on, you know, what is, what is pornographic and what isn't. We've done that before, but that isn't the focus here. What is a true, connected, faithful, loyal, cherished human relationship? And at what level do you want that for yourself and yourselves? Yeah, Absolutely. Right. We, you know, where, like, like you were discussing earlier, right. When we're together or when we're not together, where is his brain? Right. Where is his heart? When we are together, we hear that from spouses all the time. When we are together, is he thinking of me? That one I heard a couple of times just this last week in my office. Absolutely. Right? Yes. How yes. do I know that when he's having sex with me, that he's even here? Mm-hmm. Right. Is he in his secretary's bed? Is he in his you know, the person he saw at the gym's bed, like, like, where is his brain, right? Where is his heart? And, and I mean, there's just, and, 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 and like you said, I mean, I think you said it the best. I mean, we're going to talk about this a little bit more here um, about, you know, not only do we have the right, but the obligation to speak our truth in a relationship. Yes. Right. Every relationship, but we don't care what, where you hail from, what background you come from, what culture, the, the, what we're talking about here, the, these, the, these baseline fundamentals of a relationship transcend every value norm culture continent whatever the case is because it comes back to the human desire the human will the human wiring of being chosen right of being desired of being wanted yeah, the human wiring of being chosen and i'm i'm going to i'm going to put myself kind of out on the chopping block here i think what happens in our culture is that when we first get together, we're dating, we're courting, we're pairing off, we then t- typically get engaged, get married. There are a lot of unspoken, unspoken expectations, unspoken agreements that happen in that whole process that I have found are quite different often between, for example, the man and the woman. I know that what my wife felt and believed and heard me committing to at the beginning of our marriage relationship was much, much more in depth and much more inclusive and exclusive than what I realized. Mm. I, she, she thought I was committing to a lot more than I realized that I was committing to. Mm. And the reality of that didn't hit me till much, much later in my recovery. And this is, so this is where betrayal being in the eye of the beholder comes in. If someone was coming from my addict mindset and, and many of my behaviors as a betrayal to my wife, my brain would have said, what are you talking about? I bring a paycheck in. I put food on the mm-hmm. table. I show up. We go on dates every week. Well, I don't, I don't know what you're saying. But if you come yeah. at that from my wife's standpoint, the expectations, the agreements, the truth that was being spoken, everything that she thought she was entering into with me. 
And now is that being violated and betrayed and kind of cast aside? Her sense in all of that was much different than mine at that point in time. For sure. It makes, and it makes total sense, right? It's this, it goes back to this concept that we, we talk about a couple of rules here that kind of formulate this idea of betrayal being in the eye of the beholder, right? Or the eye of the, I guess you could say the experiencer, right? Um, when we talk about like in a clinical sense, what, what happens with betrayal, right? The, the, the level of betrayal that a person experiences in a relationship or in a situation is determined by a couple of different factors, but a couple of those, um, probably the biggest one of that, right. Is, is, uh, not just the degree of, of whatever happened, right. So, you know, he stepped out in the marriage physically versus not versus whatever. It has everything to do with the purported level of intimacy, Right, associated with the relationship and with the relationship that the person is 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 in, um, and we talk about examples like this all the time in, in Dare to Connect. Right, if I'm if I get let down by somebody that I met in a class once, you know, in a group project, is them not doing their part going to piss me off? Yeah, probably. Is it going to you know end my week or cause me to question everything around me? Probably not. If I am, if I am, however, betrayed or harmed by a family member or a close friend, or especially when you look on the intimacy spectrum of what most partners who are in dedicated relationships look to as the pinnacle of intimacy in their world, my committed relationship, Mm -hmm. the partner who I share my whole world emotionally, physically, sexually, spiritually with, when betrayal happens of that order, the degree, the degree to whichever level of intimacy that relationship was intertwined with my reality is the degree to which my my reality has the bottom fall out of it. Exactly. Exactly. Right. So we see this with 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 spouses all the time. When when I am lied to repeatedly, when a spouse is lied to repeatedly or deceived, or their pain is minimized, or whatever the case is, the amplification effect of that is exponential right? From anybody else. Partners oftentimes find themselves in that space of what's called crazy making, where they will, they begin to question even their own judgment because they're so connected and hold in such high regard the person who's doing the hurting. And so the damage, it's difficult to even quantify the well, level I, of destruction that happens by, when, when, a, when an intimate partner purports that kind of... And you're sharing a really important concept, Steve, because here's one of the things that my wife shared with me um, years into uh, our recovery and healing. She said, at the beginning of our relationship, when we, when we married and gave ourselves exclusively to each other, she said, I did something with you that I had never done with another person ever in my life. My wife's kind of, my wife, you'd have to know her, but one of the things she had never told, told another person before me was, I love you. She wouldn't say that to anyone unless she was ready to give her whole self. She's a give, a give her whole self kind of person. And so when she, quote, gave herself to me and said, I love you, what that meant to her was, I love you exclusively. I am now going to open myself. And I don't use that phrase casually. That has a meaning physically. It has a meaning emotionally. It has a meaning spiritually. I'm going to open myself to you, Mark, and, and be vulnerable. I'm going, to, I'm going to take down all of my defenses and all of my armor and literally expose myself to you. That also has a dual meaning. And I've never done that with another person ever. 
And she said, basically what I was doing was I was taking my pure exposed beating heart and placing it in your hands and saying, please take good care of this. Mm. And then came the betrayal on my part. And look at how vulnerable and exposed she was when that betrayal took place. It was devastating because she was so exposed yes. and chose to do so, chose to do so with the understanding that it was mutual and that I For would sure. take care of that fragile heart in my hand and guard it with my life. Mm. I hope Absolutely. people are hearing why this is so dramatic and, and earth shattering for these partners. Yeah, absolutely. And, and people outside of that realm uh, don't understand it. And like we talked about earlier, right? Going back to the sitcom I quoted, we, we look at those kinds of messages and we get those kinds of messages all the time and addicts and non addicts and people alike, we all just kind of pick up on those. And through that process, we've come to normalize these things. But I mean, I have, I have worked with, I mean, Mark has done the same. We have both worked with people who have in various ways, in various respects, when it comes to a betrayed situation have said, I, I would have rather him or her physically harmed me than gone through this. I so much rather would have been physically stabbed, physically maimed in some way than to experience what I'm experiencing right now. And, and so the, the damage with this is it cannot be quantified. And again, we'll talk about this a little bit later, but for every addict out there listening, for every guy who may not identify as an addict, but is engaging in a dishonest, is dealing with their partner on a less than authentic level or less than honest level, who is not making keeping commitments, who is not providing transparency, you have the right and, and the obligation to make your choices. You have no capacity to choose the impact or consequences on your partner. Right. None. Um, how that happens, where that I'm I'm speaking as an addict and a professional, and Mark and I are united in this. We talked about this beforehand. As I am I'm a therapist who pay people pay good money to see individually, so is Mark. Um, we have waiting lists, we're very qualified in our field, we have lots of experience. When I'm meeting with a client, I will be the first one in the room to say, I am in no way qualified or capable of determining for you how you should feel about your husband's behavior or betrayal. It's not within my purview to dictate to a client. People that say, well, you should be hurt to this degree. If I can't do it with lots of letters in my name, lots of words behind a wall, let me just humbly say one addict to another, you definitely can't. And neither and, can the people in your family or the no. people in your social circle or the people at your church or anyone else. No. Because everyone's, everyone's heart runs differently. How trauma impacts the brain, we've talked about this many times on the podcast, runs differently. And when you're dealing in an intimate situation, remember the sovereign rule that we talk about, we, we talked about this just the other day in Dare to Connect. The more I engage in an intimate relationship, intimacy in a relationship and control in a relationship have, a, have an inverse uh, relationship with one another. The more intimate I become, the less control I exert. If, when I hit that point of, or I'm approaching that point of ultimate intimacy with a partner, it's where it's nearing the point where I release ultimate control. I'm becoming completely emotionally naked and vulnerable with the other person. I have no capability of determining how they see me, how they look at me, how I appear to them, how I come off to them. It is a complete trusting relationship where I'm saying, you're going to do with this, right? This information, whatever you're going to do with it. I have no ability to sway it because I'm not posing for you. 
I'm not putting a certain veneer on for you, right? Like we do at the beginning of dating, we put on our best self. True intimacy means seeing another person in their full, fully emotionally naked state, right? The best parts, the worst parts, the awkward parts, the whatever parts, it's all of it. And so when you're talking about a relationship that way, that is where so many addicts, I think, become lost because when we're not serious about recovery, what place are we in? We live in a world where we try to control the narrative. We try to control the story. We try to be able to put on that show for everyone out there. We try to be the Peter priesthood at church. We try to be the, you know, the, the whoever, you know, with our friends or our family, whatever the case is. And true intimate relationships, the more progressively intimate they become, the more those veneers fall away. And I just become Steve. Mm-hmm. Right? And so in, in, in a world that where, where we are seeking intimacy, that is the price that is paid for the amazing qualities and traits that come in a relationship. And, and Mark and I are experts at wanting our cake and eating it too. Because every guy that we've ever worked with has all wanted the same thing. <laughs> and so have we. We've yeah. wanted to live in a world where we could have that level of connection without that level of exposure. And you can't. Right. And right. one and one of the things I realized is I wasn't completely authentic. I wasn't I wasn't really very courageous and mature in my relationship with my partner in the first couple of decades. If I would have been really authentic, I would have said, "You know what? I realized that I'm not honoring the original agreement and contract we entered into of exclusivity with each other. And I realize I'm now, I need to make a choice. Either I give up this outside stuff away from you that I'm engaging in, or I give you up. Yeah. But I wasn't even in close to the place of facing such a, such an honest and authentic reality. Mm. I wanted both. Yep. And in, and in, and in thinking I could have both, I caused enormous pain to my wife as, as the trickled disclosure came out over time. Cause I kept nearly all of it secret. I was the ultimate stealthy addict person. I mean, I would, I could hide stuff you can't imagine. And while portraying this outward appearance that was just, you know, awesomeness. Yeah. 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 It's a, it's, this is a, it's a, it's a very, uh, it's a simplistic, but also and liberating, but also very difficult truth when we talk about intimacy for what it really is. Right? Yeah. And when we look at it through this lens, scary. Um, it's so simplistic, but it is, it is scary. And we do empathize with every addict out there because as we talk about often, we addicts, we oftentimes have very justified reasons why we feel fear about exposing ourselves. But, yeah. and, and, and again, you get to decide what kind of relationship you want. Everyone listening to this call, everyone listening to this podcast has the right and the obligation to determine what kind of relationship they they want to have. But the only way that you'll ever cross the glass ceiling of any significant of any significant uh depth when it comes to the intimacy side is through transparency with your partner. You can't you can't have sex with your clothes on and have a good time. You can't have emotional intimacy and keep your emotional clothes on and 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 enjoy it either. It's just the reality of how this works. Well, and, and, so, now, and, and that was something I, you know, uh, I guess before I was, uh, before I say, I was going to say about myself and all the guys, you know, uh, seeking to become more healthy and recovered. Uh, as you and I talked about it, the partner who wrote into us, she has, she has the right, not just the right, but the obligation to speak her truth 
Absolutely. Stand her ground to, to express her trauma because otherwise her, her true authentic needs are never going to come out, which means that she can't be truly happy and peaceful and fulfilled in this relationship if those needs keep taking a back seat. And frankly, if she doesn't stand up and speak this, this truth and this authenticity, he has almost no, ch- no chance of changing. No. It wasn't until my wife confronted me and spoke her truth clearly without reservation that I realized I have some choices to make. Yes. Um, there is, uh, or used to be, I used to have a, uh, a version of what I'm going to say next hanging in my, my old office back in the day. And, and it's a phrase we use in Dare to Connect oftentimes, connection at any cost. Connection at any cost. Right? Mm. Honesty at any cost. Transparency at any, any cost. Here's another inescapable truth that some will love to hear who's, who are listening and some will hate to hear depending on what side of the coin you're on in this discussion. Relationships require transparency. To not be honest in a relationship, and we say this as not just professionals, but as guys who have tried it every other way, to not be honest in your relationship is to sign its eventual death warrant. Mm, true. There's no other way. You have just created a glass ceiling to which your relationship cannot progress past the minute you decide to withhold. Does it mean that you can't have some intimacy? No. But it does mean that you are the one in control of how, how much of a relationship do you want. Right? Do you? And again, we addicts, we love to think our our we we can have our cake and eat it too, and we are experts. Mark and I, we are we are like the master Indiana Joneses of delving into that dungeon of like there's got to be that mythical treasure somewhere where you can have all these things. There's yeah. not. There, it's a myth. There is no door number three. <laughs> no. And so no, you have to I, decide what you want. And you and I talked about it before we started today. One of the things that concerns us greatly about what we see happening in the culture and in the world is that this, some call it kind of an old notion, uh, uh, an outdated notion of true holistic relationship intimacy Mm. seems to be slipping fast. And it it seems to be relegated to this sort of cheap discounted counterfeit. And I was in that for a long time. And here's one of the things, and I I hope all the guys listening will take hope in this. One of the things that really has been a huge transformation for my way of thinking in, in my growth and my learning is what it means to be intimate, to truly be intimate and not, and I don't mean having sex. You know, we talk about the eight areas of intimacy on here all the time, Mm -hmm. but what is true deep, fully committed intimacy? What does it mean to be fully connected, loyal and faithful and true? And what I came to realize was it was more about what I was doing when I was not with my partner than when I was with her. What am I thinking and doing when I'm not with her? And part of what got me on a really solid road of recovery is I got sick and tired almost to the point, really close to just ending myself. I got so sick of the duplicity. I got so sick of my imposter syndrome. Showing up with her with this big mask on and then going out when I wasn't with her and being a whole different person, I got to where I just couldn't live with that anymore. And I had a choice to make. Mark, you can either do what's hard and come out into the big bright spotlight and show your whole self 
and go through what's going to be required with that. But at least you can be authentic for the first time in your life. Mm, Now, the deepest part of my intimacy with my wife is what I'm thinking and doing when we're not together. And me using my tools in recovery to be loyal and faithful to her when she's not here. To manage the stage of my own mind, to be make sure we're exclusive, even in my thoughts. I never knew that that level of intimacy and loyalty and exclusivity existed because I was always pay, playing both sides of the game. And mm. it's made all the difference for me and for us. Mm, I love that. I love that. It's a great thought. It's a great sentiment. Well, everybody, as we wrap up here, um, we, we know that, as always, we, we speak pretty straight up here. Um, we don't mince words. Life is too short and, you know. Therapy is too costly. Relationships are too precious to uh, mess around with this stuff. Um, if you like the style of content that you hear on this podcast, if you like raw and real, if you like directness, if you appreciate accountability, if you're looking to level up where you and or your spouse are at in this process, um, don't try to reinvent the wheel, as we say, tell people all the time. Come join us in Dare to Connect. We'd love to take you and your partner to that next level. Um, we've got a two week free trial going on for that right now. You can find that at dare to connect now.com. We'd love to have you come see what all the excitement's about. Join the on hundreds of other, uh, uh, hundreds of other, uh, uh, couples that we have working with and the program right now. We'd love to see you there. Um, and if you would like to have, we are, I think Mark, Mark, I think you said we're about six weeks backlogged. <laughs> Yeah, on the questions Ish. that are coming into PVSE. Yeah. On PVSE. Um, if you would like a, a, a question answered on the podcast, I'll be albeit somewhat more briefly than we can do in that forum. We uh, love this podcast. We've been going for four years now. We have no intention of stopping, and we love and appreciate all of our listeners who are able to tune in here. You can send us submissions to that to have those answered and worked on at uh, pbscpodcast.com. There's a contact form right down at the bottom. So. Yeah. And if you, uh, if you want to get questions answered immediately and in, in, in about 10 layers of greater depth than we can do here, <laughs> then come on over to D2C. <laughs> We'd love to see you there. We would. Absolutely. Well, guys, have a great week. Be safe. Be careful. Choose connection. Choose intimacy. And we will uh, talk to you next week. Right. Take care. Everything expressed on the PBSC podcast are the opinions of the hosts and the participants and is for informational and educational purposes only. This podcast should not be considered mental health therapy or as a substitute thereof. It is strongly recommended that you seek out the clinical guidance of an individual qualified mental health professional. If you're experiencing thoughts of suicide, self-harm, or a desire to harm others, please dial 911 or go to your nearest emergency room.